facts, candid conversations, and some levity to lighten your day. This is The Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio. A fabulous Friday to all of you. It is April the 28th, 2023. So glad that you're with me on The Kale Clark Show, the final episode of this week, which has been a great one. Start off with Brooke Taylor sitting in, had some great programming Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and I've been in the hizzy. I am in the worldwide headquarters of Relevant Radio, just north of Chicago in the greater Chicagoland area. And it's so good to be in studio. Patrick Alog sitting in for Jim Shaper producing tonight. I want to give out the phone number so you can call me for free, toll free, 888-914-9149. You might be driving on a toll highway right now. There's tons of them around here. Well, this call is without a toll. 888-914-9149. Of course, you can also email the program. It's so good to hear from you. My email address is kale, C-A-L-E, at relevantradio.com. And you can also follow me on Twitter, at Kale Clark, C-A-L-E, Clark with an E. Come follow me, and I will give you tweets. Well, we got got to talk about a story that was sent to me by our good friend Lucas Holt. And like a lot of people in the relevant radio offices, he, he, when he worked here, he was a huge fan of The Office. Patrick Alog's a huge fan of The Office. John Hanready, the great John Hanready, who does, does so much on our blog and produces all the graphics for this program. He's a big fan of The Office. My wife, Patricia, huge office aficionado. Uh, all of them were quite surprised that the guy who played Dwight on the office, his real his real life name is Rain Wilson, has written a book about, of all things, spirituality. I don't know if you've heard about this, but if you don't know who at least the Dwight Schrute character is on the office, I got a little clip for you. Here, here, here we go. Check this out. Schrutzen celebrate birthdays. It started as a Depression-era practicality and then moved on to an awesome tradition that I look forward to every year. Are you kidding? Well, I'm not done yet. Dwight. Why have you chosen brown and gray balloons? They match the carpet. What is that? It is your birthday period. It's a statement of fact. Not even an exclamation point? This is more professional. It's not like she discovered a cure for cancer. <laughs> well, the office is always good for a few laughs, that's for sure. And um, there, of course, was a UK version. It made it over to the US with Steve Carell, of course, in the lead role. But Rain Wilson, uh, who, of course, was nominated for an Emmy playing Dwight Schrute on The Office, he knows that people are a little skeptical when a guy like him writes a book about spirituality. And he was recently interviewed by Rachel Martin on NPR, and that's the first thing he said. He said, why the heck, and I'm sanitizing it slightly, why the heck would the guy who played Dwight on The Office be writing a book about spirituality, end of quote. And the book in question is called Soul Boom. Why we need a spiritual revolution. Now, I haven't, I haven't seen the book yet. I haven't read the book yet, but just based on this interview, uh, it, it looks pretty intriguing. Now, Rain Wilson actually grew up in the Baha'i faith, and that's something that a lot of you have probably heard about but don't know what it really is all about. And, and yours truly was in the same boat a few hours ago, and I had to look it up. And, and time permitting, I'm going to explain some things about the Baha'i faith it's not what you necessarily think it is. A lot of people think it, it's a little bit of a, an Eastern spirituality, somewhat like Buddhism. It's actually monotheistic, belief in one God, Re- really intriguing. But, but of course, the major, major differences uh, between the Baha'i faith and the Catholic faith, although there's some, some overlap. 
there are, of course, elements of truth in, in just about every religion. doesn't mean the whole system is true, far from it, but just about every major religion teaches don't steal, that sort of thing. Lying is wrong. There, is always, there are always elements of truth that people uh, stumble upon in their search for God. And speaking about searching for God, that's exactly what Rain Wilson did. When he, he explains in the interview that when he was in his 20s and he was kind of a struggling actor in New York City trying to make it, going to auditions, nothing's really working out. He suffered from three major problems, anxiety, depression, and addiction. That's kind of like an unholy trinity, isn't it, that a lot of people in the culture are struggling with today. So many souls are just in the grip, in the vice grip of that unholy trinity, anxiety, depression, and addiction. And he says he started looking for answers. You're listening to The Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio. The phone number to call in if you want to comment on this, if you've got a, a take on this, 888-914-9149, 914 And so he kind of started this spiritual journey as, as a young man in his 20s. And I can kind of identify with that because that's when my spiritual journey really got going uh, when I was in my 20s. And he started asking his friends, asking his friends maybe in the arts community, maybe in the acting community, hey, do you, do you believe in God? Do you, do you think that there actually is a God? And one of the things that Rain Wilson says is it's not easy being the quote-unquote God guy amongst your group of friends. And that's a question I want to throw out to you guys listening to the program today and you gals listening to the show, 888-914-9149. If you tend to be, if you're a believer, if you're a Catholic and Maybe you're not a Catholic. Maybe you're listening to the show and you're 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 a Christian that's a non-Catholic Christian or or maybe a person of another faith. What's it like for you being the God guy or the God girl in your squad, in your group of friends slash acquaintances, your family members? Are you kind of known as such? Are you maybe the only one? What's that like? What's Because I've been in that situation before. I want to know what it's like for you, how you deal with it. Triple eight nine one four. 9149. Oh, here comes Father again. You know, any any Catholic guy, you know, who's the least bit serious about his faith. Oh, here comes Father so-and-so. Um, you probably got that. Or here's Mother Superior, if, if, if you're a female. I, I don't know. It, it, Rain Wilson said in the interview that, quote, it's not so cool to be religious, end of quote. And people sometimes will kind of label you as a, as a dork, a misfit, an outsider if you're religious. And he said, maybe that's why I played Dwight so effectively on The Office, because that's really what he was all about. And he's right. I think, I think in general, and this is maybe a, a misnomer, but I think in general, he's probably right that people would consider it not cool to be religious. Um, but I don't know. There are always exceptions, right? I remember Tim Tebow. Heisman Trophy winning football player when he was at the University of Florida before he got drafted in the NFL. And of course, we're in the midst of the NFL draft these days. Uh, he, he was very outspoken in high school and in university about his faith, his Christian faith. And one time when he was in high school, when he was a big shot high school player, a reporter asked him in the locker room, how do you deal with the peer pressure? How do you deal with the peer pressure? Of course, there's all kinds of temptations, especially when you're a star athlete. You're kind of a popular figure in the school. You take advantage of situations if you want. H- how do you deal with it? Temptations to party, temptations to commit certain sins. And Tim Tebow just kind of looked at this guy like he was from another planet. And he said, I am peer pressure. 
I thought that was a great line. Kind of flipped it on its head. I am Christian peer pressure. I'm pressured to do good. I'm going to encourage you to do good. But that aside, there are cases like that. But I do think in general it's kind of considered uncool to be religious. But it is considered cool to be, quote, unquote, spiritual. Spiritualities, of course. Oh, I'm, I'm not religious. I'm spiritual. If you identify with a certain religious group, such as the Catholic Church, oh, maybe not so much. But there's such an emphasis in our culture on spirituality. And the interesting thing is the Bible tells us what true spirituality really is. A lot of people who claim to be spiritual— in real life, they're anything but in terms of their activities, what they actually do. Well, here's what St. Paul says in Romans chapter 12. This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. In Romans 12, uh, verses 1 and 2, he, he says this, I appeal to you by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Did you catch that? He's basically telling you what spirituality is. It's presenting your body as a living sacrifice to God. That is your spiritual worship. And he goes on to say in the next verse, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that you may prove what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So this idea of your body, offering your body uh, as an offering to God, that is spirituality. It affects all of your life because we live life in the body. This is really what the theology of the body that was promulgated, popularized by St. John Paul the Great, St. John Paul II. That's what all of this is about. More on this in a little bit because Rain Wilson starts talking a little bit about about the body uh, in his interview. But that's Romans chapter 12, verses uh, 1 and 2. And that, as he started asking his friends as a young actor in New York City about, hey, do you believe in God? What do you think about this? He kind of became the God guy. But the answers that people gave him started a a spiritual quest for him. And in fact, he now has co-founded a media company, has Rain Wilson. It's called Soul Pancake, which I think is a really cool name. Uh, I called this episode Soul Boom because that's the name of his book. But Soul Pancake might have been maybe an even better name. And if you have a take on this, uh, give us a call, 888-914-9149. Really appreciate that. This is Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio. So he continued his spiritual journey. And speak, speaking uh, of the body, Rain Wilson said, God is as real to me now as my body is, as my rapidly decaying body. Yeah, I can identify with that, that's for sure. <laughs> but that's, that's okay too, because we're going to get the resurrection body at the end of time, the, the, the true body beautiful as it were. We got to take care of the ones that we have. But um, St. Paul, that, that again echoes something St. Paul said in the New Testament. He says, outwardly we're wasting away day by day, but inwardly we're being renewed day by day. It's interiorly. We're being fashioned into the sculpted image of Christ. You know, get that, get that spiritual muscles flexing and, and get all cut spiritually, at least, if nothing else. And so, th- this is a real. Now, I want to play you a clip from the interview that Rain Wilson, who played Dwight Schrute on The Office. This is a, an amazing clip. And, and again, this guy is not Catholic, but I think he's really onto something here. Here's what he said when he was asked about how he knows that there is a God. So this is the, this is the clip on love, Patrick. Why don't you play this for the people? I know there's a God. How do I know? I know that I love. 
I know that I love my wife. I know that I love my son. I know that I love my father who passed away a few years back. And forgive me for for tearing up on the radio. It's a terrible place to tear up on. Um, It's the best because we can't see you. uh, My experience of love is far deeper and more profound than that. So that's the first step in knowing that there is a creative force in the universe is I know that there is love. I also know that there is beauty. I also know that there is art and there is music. And all of these things that are ineffable and transcendent are footprints. They're, they're handholds on the path to finding the great mystery. Wow, that's a powerful clip, isn't it? That was Rain Wilson in conversation on NPR with Rachel Martin talking about how he knows that God is. And he talks about love and he tears up talking about his late father. And really the, the whole, the whole interview, there's a, we're going to put a link to this uh, article in the show notes, by the way. And there, there's a seven minute clip, the whole thing, really, we could have just let it play on, on, on this show because the whole thing is a great soundbite. But, but Rain Wilson saying, I know that I love, I know that I love my wife. I know that I love my son. I know that I love my father who passed away a few years back. And so this idea of it's a, it's a, it's a non-physical thing. It's an immaterial thing, but it's a very real thing, the reality of love. And some people might want to say, some atheists might want to say, ah, it's just a result of chemical processes in the human brain. But, but deep down, do you really buy that? Do you really buy that explanation? And then he talks about art and beauty. Again, this guy's not Catholic. He's part of the Baha'i faith, but he's really, really close to apprehending what we, what we call in the Catholic Church the transcendentals of truth, goodness, and beauty that draws to Almighty God. And we have those things in spades, in abundance in the Catholic Church. And, and, and they're like hooks. And, and some people are drawn maybe more by truth. Some people are drawn maybe more by the beauty. Uh, some people are, are, are drawn by, by the goodness of, of the moral law. I don't know. Uh, for him, it seems like maybe all those things are, are kind of grabbing him. He talks about art. He, ta- he talks about uh, all, all these different things, and here, here's another thing that he said uh, in in the in the in the interview that he did with with NPR. He 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 talked about not really having all the answers to the big questions in life. He just says he has even more questions, and that's that's okay. That's okay. A lot of people think that having doubt. We we recently had a program on the Kale Clark Show about dealing with doubt. A lot of people think that if they have questions, if they have doubts, that means that they're somehow deficient in faith. Well, it kind of depends. If you're obstinate in your doubts and if you don't want to look for the answers and you don't care to look for the answers, that's, that might be spiritually dangerous. But as long as you're seeking, seeking the truth, you're in a good spot. I think you're in a good place. You're on the right track. And the good news is that he who seeks will find. She who seeks will find, as Jesus promised. So this is what uh, Rain Wilson said that he doesn't have the answers to the big questions of life, just really a lot of questions. But apparently in the book, and there's a, a quote from the book, again, which I haven't read yet, called Soul Boom, he, he proposes a need for a new religion. Now, I don't think we need a new religion, but here, here's what he says about that quote. We need to strive to go back to so many indigenous faiths where art, nature, and faith were interconnected and we're not 
divergent, end of quote. And, and once again, once again, he is so close to Catholicism. I, 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 it's unbelievable. And this is what uh, John Hanready said, um, again, who, who works on social media for our programs on Relevant Radio, uh, works on our website. And that really, John said that really jumped out to him. That really jumped out right away when he read that article where he talks about, hey, we need a new religion where art, nature, faith are interconnected rather than divergent. He, he, and John said he doesn't realize it, but he's actually talking about Catholicism. And if he keeps looking for answers, if he keeps searching, keeps asking the right questions, he might discover that before long. And, and that is incredibly important for us to know. But th- this idea of going back to indigenous faiths where art and nature and faith were interconnected, there, there's more of a holistic look at, at the world. Again, Catholicism is compatible with that. I think about the Jesuit martyr saints of North America. And in Canada, they call them the Canadian martyrs. In America, they call them the American martyrs. They're the North American martyrs. We can all agree on that. Think about St. Isaac Jogues. These are great heroes of the faith. St. Jean de Brebeuf, such a powerful, towering figure. They, they would evangelize the native Huron peoples, and they would get there would be some fierce battles um, and, and very often they were not accepted. They were able to convert uh, many to the faith, but many did not believe. And in fact, St. Jean de Brebeuf, when he was martyred, he was, quote unquote, baptized. They poured boiling water over his head. Uh, just sadistic treatment. They, they made him run the gauntlet and just absolutely savagely killed him. But after this, now I don't want to gross anybody out here, so if you're weak of stomach, you might want to just plug your ears for a moment. After, after they killed him, they ate his heart. Now, that, that sounds incredibly barbaric, but the reason why they did that was because they wanted his courage, the courage of his martyrdom. But they were willing to give of themselves 100%. And the other person we might talk about, time permitting today, is St. Louis de Montfort. It's his feast day today. And he was so important with the spirituality of, of John Paul II, the Marian spirituality of John Paul II, totus to us, totally yours. I'm totally yours, Mary. And Mary totally gave herself to God. This idea of a total self-gift. Well, the martyrs obviously exemplify that. But one of the things that Jean de Brebeuf and Isaac Jogues and his companions, they did, was they tried to contextualize the faith uh, to the indigenous peoples of North America. And it, there's a famous, you can look it up, it's called the Huron Carol. It's a Christmas carol in which they explained the story of Christmas, the incarnation, in, in culturally appropriate terms to them so that they would kind of get it. And, and this is Our Lady of Guadalupe. I'm, I'm sitting here in the relevant radio studios right now, and I'm looking at this beautiful image of Our Lady of Guadalupe, which I picked up, by the way, with, with Father Rocky at the Shrine of Christ's Passion in Indiana. You heard a bit of a plug for that earlier. It's a great, great shrine, amazing. And we brought it back to the studio to hang in the studio. We wanted her to watch over us. And again, Guadalupe, so contextually relevant to the peoples uh, of Mexico and, 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 and just they got it because she presented herself uh, to them in indigenous garb as one of them. And they, they got the imagery right away. And what missionaries failed to do and they couldn't get a hearing, Our Lady of Guadalupe was responsible for 8 to 10 million conversions in, in just a couple of years because that is the power of God unleashed. And, and whew, that this is what Catholicism is really all about. You're listening to the Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio. It will have much more on this, much more to come. How do we reach a secular world? How do we create a soul boom uh, in a culture that needs it so badly? 
We're going to carry on the conversation. You can be part of it. 888-914-9149. We'll be right back after this really quick break on Relevant Radio. We'll play some office music for you on the way out, too. Our sponsor, Charity Mobile, where 5% of your monthly plan price goes to Relevant Radio or another pro-life charity of your choice. New customers can mention Relevant Radio to receive a free phone. More information at CharityMobile.com. Explaining the Catholic faith and how you can live it and share it too. It's the Kale Clark Show. Have a question? Give Kale a call at 888-914-9149. That's right. You can call in at 888-914-9149. We'd love to hear from you. We're talking about Soul Boom. Really interesting conversation. Interview that was given by Rain Wilson, Emmy-nominated actor from The Office, played Dwight Schrute. One of the most uh, popular characters and enduring characters uh, from that culturally iconic show, and and he's a member of the of the Baha'i faith, and he's written this book, Soul Boom, talking about how we need a spiritual revolution. And even though he's not Catholic, I think he's onto some things. And one of the things he said, we talked about it in the first segment, was it's not easy being the God guy or the God gal among your group of friends if you're the only one. But it's also a great privilege, too. And we've got somebody on the line who wants to talk about that. Joseph in San Diego. Welcome to the program, Joseph. Good to hear from you. Hey, Kyle. How you doing? Yeah, um, yeah I work for a major aerospace company in the L.A. area. And I hmm. used to go to different religious sites, and I would give Catholic miraculous medals or St. Benedict medals, and they would put them on their lanyard, the name uh, badge. <laughs> right? nice. And a few weeks ago... Somebody left me uh, a lanyard that said, I love Jesus. So mm-hmm. I wear that at work, and a lot of Catholics are coming up to me. And, of course, I tell them about Relevant Radio. I tell them about the website. But nice. being the God guy, it's great. God really has me uh, evangelizing. Even the president of our company is Catholic. So oh, wow. if you're an engineer, you know, share your faith. You're not, you're not um, preaching to them, and they'll mm-hmm. say, oh, you're Catholic. And there's, I think, about 12 people in the last few weeks that listen to Relevant Radio. <laughs> that's awesome. And even Christians will come to me and say, God, you, that's the secret I said. God is the secret to enjoy work. Because when you do work, you're praying. You're glorifying God. Absolutely. You, it's amazing. So it's, and like I said, the founder of our company, he's Catholic. Mm-hmm. The president of our company is Catholic. But just working on the manufacturing floor and people see that you have a lanyard that says, mm-hmm. I love Jesus, they don't, you don't have to ask them, do you believe mm-hmm. in God, do you believe in Jesus? They come to you and say, what's the secret, Joe? What's the secret? I got to tell my wife. I got to tell my, and a lot of people are going to church. So, yeah, I'm proud to be the God guy. I, I love that. I love that. Said, and then somebody said, you wear that lanyard. I said, yeah, do you deny Jesus now? He'll deny you later. So you got to be proud. Jesus. Yeah, it's That's my interesting, Joseph. <laughs> and and I, I hear that I hear that sometimes you give out relevant radio bumper stickers. Yeah, yeah, bumper stickers, lanyards, and 
Hey, I love it. I'm a secret uh, ambassador. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we love it when, when our listeners do that. And hey, if you're listening out there and say, how can I get a bumper sticker? Contact us through the website. We'd love to help you. Rich Pie, our beloved Rich Pie, Rich Brzezinski and his marketing crew would love to get these things into your hands. And and Joseph, thank you. You said a lot of really cool things there. And and it, the best is when people come to you, they're like, hey, what's your secret? You know, they, They've noticed the way you work, the way you live, and... And that uh, that really should speak for itself because the way you do anything is really the way you do everything. And the, the quality of your, of your work and the care that you put into it obviously catches people's eye. People are, are noticing. They're, they're watching and they're looking for hope uh, in this culture. And, and yeah, and so uh, I, I, it's possible God calls some people to wear a, a T-shirt that says Jesus loves you. Hey, why not? I mean, but so, sometimes it's uh, that's not always, depending on the situation, possible or advisable. But, but nonetheless, uh, it, it should be an open secret, as it were, that anybody who kind of wants to know uh, can figure it out. Of course, really respecting people's freedom. That's, that's the key, respecting people's freedom. You're not trying to kind of jam it down their throats, as it were, but but they're coming to you and they're asking questions, and that means you've really kind of wet their appetite. So appreciate that call so much, Joseph, in San Diego. You're listening to The K.O. Clark Show on Relevant Radio. If you want to give us a call, it's one 914 9149 And we talked about also how Rain Wilson, he's kind of on the wrong track here. He thinks there should be a new world religion in which you know art, nature, and faith are interconnected. Uh, we already have that. It's called Catholicism. <laughs> and, and we talked about how in art, our, our lady, especially our lady of Guadalupe, she's she's revealed herself in so many ways in a culturally relevant way. And we're going to ask for her help later this evening. I'll be guest hosting the Family Rosary Across America. Father Rocky is still in the Holy Land. He's on his way back. We're praying for a safe journey. He's there with a, with a bunch of pilgrims. And I'm sure that one of the places that they went to was the Church of the Annunciation in Nazareth. And if you've been, never been there, uh, it's a beautiful spot. And what's really intriguing about it is that Virtually every country in the world, Catholics from every country in the world, have donated an image of the Annunciation that's culturally uh, relevant, if you will, and uh, pun intended. And there's a, there's a beautiful image from Japan where Our Lady is is uh, appears in, in as a young Japanese woman and, and the infant Christ. And so he's for all people. And of course, uh, historically, ethnically, he is Jewish, you know, still is, and, and so is Our Lady. But but really, this is, Catholicism is the, the religion of the people of God opened up to all the peoples of the world for everybody. And so I, I love seeing these images of the Annunciation that are uh, very enculturated. And, and there's one from the United States. There's there's one from the Philippines that's quite beautiful. The one from Canada is, I hate to say this, it's, it's really, really ugly. I'm so embarrassed by this. I know beauty's in the eye of the beholder, but this one... <laughs> It's a real stretch. Let's put it that way. And our, and our lady it is so beautiful, and 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 she deserves uh, the best. And so we're going to give her uh, later tonight on the Family Rosary Across America. Training's coming up next, and then 7 p.m. Central, I'll be with you along with Maggie Greshel for the Family Rosary Across America, and you can uh, call in with your prayer requests later on. But but here's here's another thing that um, that happened to Rain Wilson, and he talked about this when he was interviewed by NPR. What was when he was kind of a struggling young actor in New York City. He had an encounter with his mentor, Andre Gregory, who was a director, writer, and actor. And he, he explained, this is, what, this is what happened. This guy literally grabbed a hold of him and changed his life. Check this out. I 
was fortunate as an actor to study with the great acting teacher, Andre Gregory. I'll never forget this experience. He grabbed my arm. I mean, even back then, he was like 80 years old. Now he's like 110. He grabbed my arm like a vice and he looked into my eyes and he said, stop it. Don't do it. Don't be cynical. If you're cynical, they win. You have to keep hope alive. And that was transformative. And I realized fostering hope and fostering joy in others is maybe our highest spiritual calling that we can do. And that is a key pillar to the spiritual revolution. Uh, that, that's, a, that's a powerful story. Uh, when Andre Gregory grabbed Rain Wilson's arm in a vice, you know, even you know, in his 80s and said, don't do it. Stop it. Don't do it. Don't be cynical. If you're cynical, they win. It's so easy to be cynical, isn't it? Uh, especially if, if, if you make a habit of doom scrolling on social media, it, it's very, very easy to get a skewed picture. I'm not that these terrible things aren't happening, but you can focus in on this stuff to the point where you miss the goodness, the truth, the beauty that is there in, in abundance. And, and you can just get your focus off of that. We, and th- this is par- partially why uh, the news cycle just just feeds on negativity, and people people love the angst. They some people just love the drama. They love feeling angsty all the time. And I don't know when when it comes to you sharing your faith. How do you overcome cynicism in your own life, in the lives of others? You're trying to communicate them. What do you? People are are very cynical about about the faith. And let's face it, part of those wounds. A lot of those wounds are self-inflicted because scandals in the church, all of that sort of stuff. It's not exactly uh, great calling cards for for Catholicism, but the message is true, even though, sadly, many sons and daughters of the church have failed to live up to uh, those teachings. Try to judge the church by those who are actually living out the church's message, the saints, people like Mother Teresa. You, You just don't find these people... They're very few and far between. Uh, you might find somebody who's, who's incredibly uh, holy outside of the church. Yeah, but just the preponderance, the concentration of these saints, many of whom are walking among us, and hopefully we're all living saints. And that that's one of the things that can help to overcome cynicism. But how do you do that? How do you help people overcome their cynicism? We live in a very cynical world, 888 But I really like what... Uh, Rain Wilson said when he said, quote, I realize that fostering hope and joy in others is maybe our highest spiritual calling. And that is a key pillar to a spiritual revolution, end of quote. And, and that's very true. When I was uh, on retreat earlier this week and uh, Brooke Taylor was filling in for me on the Cale Clark show, um, I picked up this book that was written by Father Reginald Garajou Lagrange, and a very, very famous theologian. It was called Providence. Providence. And that, that is the title on the spine of the book. I saw it in the library there at the retreat center. It just kind of jumped out at me. And so, number one purpose in life, this is one of the things that he says, is the salvation of souls. A lot of people would deny that, but the number, your number one goal it ought to be the salvation of souls. Yourself first, of course, you got to put on your own oxygen mask first before you can help anybody else and make sure that you're okay. Can't give what you don't have, but but those around you and, and God's counting on us and he's going to supply all the, all the help that we need. But 
But th- this is this is I think part of the problem with a lot of quote unquote spiritualities out there because there's really a lot of navel gazing. There's a lot of belly button looking <laughs> at, um, and hopefully we're not looking at other people's belly buttons, but, but our own belly button. You know what I'm saying? And what do I look? I find a bunch of lint in there usually. But uh, I digress. I digress. But when Pope Francis was was elected as pope, it's one of the first things he said. There was a very very famous talk when he talked about the church as like the bent over woman in the gospel, the woman who was kind of, you know, she had this back problem. She was kind of a hunchback and she was doing a lot of navel gazing, not by choice. And, and Jesus healed her and she was straightened up. And and Pope Francis said, he, and he's a, he's got some powerful imagery in his preaching. And he, he said, hey, the church has been at times like this bent over woman doing a lot of navel gazing, got to stand up. So you can look out at other people and, and look at the the vast field of souls that need to be harvested and need to be saved. And that's really, really important. So I think that's a that's a that's a great tip. So just just one uh do we have one more clip? Yeah, we do. Oh, okay, it's coming up, it's coming up. Just give me give me one second. This is a he, he said one more thing, which I which I which I want to get to. Um he talked about, and again, we'll put up the, the link to this uh, inter- uh, interview on the show notes. Uh, but he, he talked about how when you when you, when he was talking about God to his atheist friends, and a lot of whom are were in the arts, they were fellow actors. They would say things to him like, "I don't believe in an old man on a cloud." <laughs> yeah, this is very similar to the quote unquote flying spaghetti monster of contemporary atheists that you're, you're mocking mocking God. But uh, I, I do think they would say, I do think there's something out there. There's some kind of energy or something like that. But I just, I'm just not really into the whole God piece here. But Rain Wilson talked about how there's been this profound loss of the sacred in contemporary Western civilization. Let me play a clip for you. This is the last clip that I want to share. It's the whole, like I said, the whole clip is the seven-minute clip we're going to share with you on the website is 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 really worth listening to. But but here, here's a little thing that he had to say about the loss of the sacred. Check this out. There has been a profound loss of the sacred in contemporary Western civilization. Nothing is sacred anymore, and I think sacredness and holiness is part of the conversation that we need to have um, collectively. We can certainly experience it in nature. And for religious people, we can experience it in holy sites. Okay. So that's, uh, that's what he had to say about that. And this, this idea of experiencing God in nature, yeah, we can. Uh, experiencing it in holy sites, yep. Father Rocky is on pilgrimage right now, coming back from the holiest of holy sites in the Holy Land. But this idea of in our hearts, too, um, there's a lot of sacredness in, in the quote-unquote ordinary things. And nothing's really ordinary, but he, he's right about this, that contemporary Western civilization has lost a sense of the sacred. And, and that's so true. You know, Tertullian, an early church figure, an early church writer, he, he always said this, he said that whatever is most sacred in life is that which is most profaned. Whatever is most sacred in life is that which is most profaned. Think about it. Think about it. Uh, as you guys know, I'm, I'm a Canadian and in Quebec, Canada, 
where predominant language is French, most of the curse words, most of the swear words in the culture are actually derived from Catholicism. Like if you call somebody a, a tabernacle, oh, that's a, that's a very grade A insult. That, those are fighting words for sure. You might be throwing hands in a couple minutes if you say that to somebody. And of course, that's a reference to the tabernacle. There are all kinds of other, I'm not going to get into them, but there are all kinds of other uh, church-derived uh, curse words uh, in in French that, that derive from Catholicism. And think about, so that that's an example of the sacred being profaned. Uh, the name of Jesus used so often as a curse word in the culture. Uh, whatever is most holy is that which is most profane, the holy name of Jesus. The name of God. How often is God's name misused? And so... Uh, and a lot of times people aren't doing this with the intent of cursing God. It's just kind of part of the cultural conversation. And, and uh, I just kind of cringe inside, you know, whenever I hear that. And, and I've done that in the past. And so the name of the Lord. Think about other things, too. Think about other things that are profaned in the culture. Think about a lot of curse words that are related to human sexuality and marriage. Because... Why? It's holy. It's really holy. And the enemy, the Satan, wants it to be profaned. Uh, think, think about marriage. Think about all the other thing that Tertullian said is that the devil wants to try to counterfeit all the sacraments because he can't create anything. He's not that powerful. Everything that God created is good. And, and most sin is what we would call disordered goods. Disordered goods. It, it's, it's a good thing, but it's used in the wrong way. For the wrong purpose at the wrong time with the wrong person, for example, and I uh, think about that with respect to the gift of human sexuality, but other things as well. The great G.K. Chesterton said, "Hey, we thank God for beer by not drinking too much of it." Well said, and he would know. <laughs> but uh, sometimes he maybe did drink too much. Of it. I don't know. But uh, and so, th- but just think about all the counterfeits uh, of marriage in the culture and. Uh, of course, Timory talks about that so much on, on her program, Trending. And so, whatever is most holy is that which is most profaned. And so, this is why we have to recover marriage, the, the, the real deal, the authentic, not the counterfeit marriage, sexuality, the family, all under attack because it has to do with the transmission of life, the gift of life, which is very, very holy. And so... I really do think the unli- a very unlikely prophet for our times, Dwight Schrute, a.k.a. in real life, Rain Wilson. And so, again, he's not Catholic, but he certainly uh, is asking some of the right questions about spirituality. That is for sure. And so, do we still have line one? Is line one still uh, still active? Oh, okay. All right. So, someone was, had called in and uh, we lost you. But if you want to call back, 888-914-9149. Get in on the conversation on the Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio. Going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. Our sponsor, Charity Mobile, where 5% of your monthly plan price goes to Relevant Radio or another pro-life charity of your choice. New customers can mention Relevant Radio to receive a free phone. More information at CharityMobile.com. Explaining the faith so you can explain it to others. 
It's the Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Hey, welcome back to the program on this Friday. It's our final segment of the week. We're going to make it a great one. You can call in, be part of it, 888-914-9149. You can also email the show. Love to hear your thoughts, comments, questions, maybe show ideas. If you've got an article you want me to cover, I thought it was interesting, you can send it to me. The address is kale, C-A-L-E, at relevantradio.com. And my Twitter handle is at Kale Clark, C-A-L-E, Clark with an E. And later uh, tonight, in just a few minutes, after Timory's show, we're going to have the Family Rosary Across America at 7 p.m. Central. So keep it locked on Relevant Radio. And we've got an interesting story. We're going we're gonna to pray, of course, the Sorrowful Mysteries of Being Friday. About um, I won't have time to talk about this on the rosary because we've got to pray. <laughs> but uh, this might help you to meditate on it a little bit more. It's really powerful. But first of all, a saint who really did so much to promote the rosary and also just devotion to Our Lady, true devotion to Our Lady. It's the title of one of his books, St. Louis-Marie de Montfort, a French priest. Uh, he lived from 1673 to 1716. Uh, it's his feast day today, and he was so crucial in answering the question, Is it, can you be too Marian? And a lot of non-Catholics, and maybe you're listening to the program and you're a non-Catholic Christian or maybe a person of another faith or, or uh, or you don't consider yourself as belonging to any faith group right now, that's okay. We're glad that you're here. Maybe you've asked that question. Are Catholics too fixated on Mary? And does it detract from our worship of Jesus Christ? No, we don't worship Mary. We honor her. It's it's a different ballgame for sure. But she is the greatest of all the saints. And by the way, um, much holier people than you and I have, have had that same question John Paul II, as Karol Wojtyla, a young man in the underground seminary in Nazi-occupied Poland, he had the same question, maybe I've gone overboard in my devotion to Mary. Has it detracted from my relationship with Jesus? And the guy who really helped him through his writings, through, and he was working in this rock quarry, just breaking rocks all day long, doing hard physical labor, and, that's, and he was kind of hiding out in the underground seminary, and at night uh, he would read from true devotion to Mary, from St. Louis Marie de Montfort. And, and, and he was really the guy who solved his problem, who answered his question. And he basically said, no, true devotion to Mary always leads us to Jesus Christ because what does she say at the wedding feast of Cana in the Gospel of John chapter 2? She says to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Do whatever Jesus tells you. Whatever he tells you to do, you do it. And you'll be fine. And, and, and that's where... John Paul realized, okay, I'm, it's okay because Mary always leads us to Christ. In true devotion to Mary. Now, some, some people might have gone into an untrue devotion to Mary, but no, no, no. A true devotion to Mary always leads you to the truth about Jesus Christ and his incarnation, who he is. And, and that's where, of course, John Paul II got his famous papal motto from. And his uh, papal uh, seal or insignia, of course, was a cross with an M under the cross. And that was obviously symbolic of Mary standing under the cross. And, and there's a, a beautiful prayer uh, that St. Louis de Marie de Montfort wrote in his book, True Devotion to Mary, where he's, he, he's basically writing this to Mary. Totus tuus ego sum et omnia mea tua sunt. And my Latin is terrible, but that means I am totally yours and all that I have is yours. Totus tuus. And that was his papal motto, totally yours. And, and Mary gave herself totally to the service of Christ. She was the first Christian. As Pope Benedict said, she was the church at the source. She was the first person to say yes to God's plan to save the world through Jesus Christ and to participate in it. And boy, did she ever. 
she gave the word flesh. When the word became flesh, where did you get it from? From her, 100%, no human father. And so she's involved. She's totally given herself to Christ. And, and this is how we, we have to do it as well. And she intercedes for us. She prays for us. And my wife, Patricia, and I, when we got married, I'm looking at my wedding ring right now. And on the inside of our wedding rings, we had that inscribed, totus tuus. You know, I, I give myself completely to you in Christ. This is my vocation to love you, to help you to become a saint. It's going to be much harder for her to help me to become a saint. That's for sure. That's, that's her cross. But, but hey, uh, I'm, I'm so thankful and I'm so totally yours, Patricia. And so these are, these are great words. And we can think about that Marian spirituality of totus tuus. Uh, that, that's what perfects our love of Jesus Christ, really. So never be afraid. If you're listening to me right now, never be afraid to be, quote unquote, too Marian. There's no such thing. There's no such thing as being too Marian. And so I, I, I really like this. And I, I read a, an interesting piece by Father Billy Swan. It came out a couple of years ago on, on the Word on Fire blog. And he, he quoted uh, the Irish writer George Bernard Shaw, who once said this, quote, I want to be thoroughly used up when I die, end of quote. Now, he wasn't necessarily thinking about God, Shaw, that's for sure. But it expresses, as Father Billy Swan said, the natural desire to give everything we have, to live this life meaningfully to the full. And it's like an athlete who says, I want to leave it all on the field. I want to leave it all on the court. Uh, there's a lot of talk about Giannis Antetokounmpo and, and what he said after his top-ranked uh, Milwaukee Bucks got bounced by the eight-seeded Miami Heat. And, and people are, his comments are somewhat controversial, but he, there's no question he gave it all. And he can be at peace with it. I tried my best. We lost. But, and this is the thing, when, when, it, when it comes to giving our best for God, giving ourselves totus to us, your best one day is going to differ from your best on another day. But that's okay. God understands that. You might be sick, you might be ill, you might be dealing with a problem in life. Your, your best is going to vary. But as long as we try to give our best, that's, that's what God's looking for. There's, there's an old hymn called I Surrender All. You might have remembered that. I surrender all. I'm not going to sing it for you, but... If it, was, if it was called I Surrender 68%, that really wouldn't be too inspiring to other people, I don't think. So we got to surrender it all, not, not 68, not 95, but 100% to give it everything we've got in the spiritual life. That's what the apostles did. They left everything to follow Jesus. We don't necessarily get asked to leave everything. Some people do, but most of us are called to stay right where we are, but just, just change our perspective to give it all where we are and have these undivided hearts. And that's what's important. That's what Jesus does for us. He gave everything for us. On the cross, he gives himself completely to us at every mass, through every Eucharist. And that's what we have to do. Uh, really interesting, just just in closing, um, thinking about the, the sorrowful mysteries, which we're going to pray tonight on the Family Rosary across America. I, I do have to share with you this, and I don't know if you know this, that they do the Way of the Cross every Good Friday in Rome with the Pope in the Colosseum. It's very, very beautiful. Uh, JP2 used to do this. Pope Benedict did this. Pope Francis uh, still does it. And in 2022, it was really interesting how they did this because instead of reading kind of a, a text from a spiritual writer or a gospel after every station of the cross, um, they, they, they sort of shared some insights from, from lay people. And I want you to check this out. This is from the 12th station of the cross at the Roman Colosseum. Jesus entrusts his mother to the beloved disciple at the foot of the cross. And this is the whole totus tuus thing. Uh, the foot of the cross, Mary's there. 
And so it, here's what it says in, in John's gospel. And we, we mentioned this a little bit last night on the program. Standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing near, he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her, her into his home. Now, here's a reflection uh, from a, a woman who was chosen. Her story was chosen. And these are testimonies of lay people for all the stations of the cross in Rome. And she said this, quote, there were five of us in our family, myself, my husband, and our three children. Five years ago, life got complicated, a diagnosis that was hard to accept, a form of cancer that showed every minute on the face of our youngest daughter. An illness which didn't stop her from smiling, but which made the horrible injustice we were experiencing all the more painful. Then to add insult to injury, my husband died suddenly after six years of marriage, plunging us into a period of excruciating loneliness during which two years later, we accompanied our little girl to the grave. Five years have passed since the beginning of this turn of events, which we have been absolutely unable to grasp rationally. Yet, we are certain that the Lord was and continues to be present in this great cross. God does not call those who are strong, but he strengthens those whom he calls. God does not call those who are strong, but he strengthens those whom he calls. That's what a nun told us one day. And those words have changed our outlook on life in recent years. The biggest falsehood we had to fight was the thought that we were no longer a family. I know no other way to deal with my heartbreak and my searing pain other than to entrust myself to the Lord who walks beside me on this earthly journey. Many times during my daughter's chemo, during those chemo sessions, I felt like Mary beneath the cross. And it is that experience that makes me feel today, even if only a little, like the mother of my Lord. End of quote. Wow, what a powerful testimony from a woman who had lost so much. She lost her daughter and her husband within a matter of months. And she said, you know, despite this pain, the, the biggest lie was that they were no longer family, that they, those beloved of hers had somehow disappeared into the ether. No, they were with God. So she felt like Mary beneath the cross as she was giving herself totally, totus tuus. We need to do that as well, understanding that even in the midst of the cross, even in the midst of that heartbreak and pain, uh, she can be encouraging with us, holding us up. And we're going to do that uh, later this evening on the Family Rosary Across America. This has been the Kale Clark Show. Patrick Alog produced today, uh, sitting in for Jim Shaper. Young Thomas was on the phones today, Thomas Angesser. Uh, so glad for his contribution. And I will be back on Monday, but don't forget, I'll be back later tonight for the Family Rosary. Stay tuned for Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio. Wow, what a treat it's been to be in the worldwide headquarters of Relevant Radio in the Chicago area. God bless you and yours. A very happy and holy weekend. Take it away, Michaela. Thank you for listening to my daddy.